Well, no, well, not Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten. United We Stand is sponsored by betonbrazil.com. It's a new website, betting site. And uh, they're good enough to sponsor us, so have a look at betonbrazil.com. There's offers on there for United We Stand readers. As you might have gathered by the background noise, stood outside Old Trafford before the game against Zoria. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going to try and learn tonight how to pronounce it. It's spitting with rain. The sun is setting behind the Stratford end at Old Trafford. I've got a few uh, good United fans with me. Uh, Peter Bolton, you're on the podcast in Beijing. And what happened after Beijing? Because United's game against City was postponed. You'd bought a ticket for the match. You'd spent a lot of money travelling to Beijing. And that's where we left it with you. Yeah, that's uh, that's about what happened. Uh, eventually, they uh, credited us. There was eight in our party. They credited us with the 80 odd quid a ticket, which I paid out. So very nice of them to credit them. And, and today, they've uh, also offered um, me uh, or each person in there two, three tickets to the next round, next game at Old Trafford. United versus Feyenoord. So when you say game. they, this is the club. The club is they've given them eighty pound ticket price back. Yeah, that's a ridiculous price for a it's ticket. It's a ridiculous place, price for a ticket. But they've come through and, and said two complimentary tickets for Feyenoord at home. Yeah. By way of like, we know you wait to yeah, Beijing. Yeah, and they can't do anything else because it's it was a holiday. Um, so they've um, compensated us like that, just giving us uh, a couple of free tickets for. A, the next round of the uh, UEFA. I'd rather it be two tickets for Liverpool and Chelsea away, but I don't think they'd do that. You were quite optimistic about United at the start of the season when I spoke to you. Still am, yeah. still am. Had a, bit, a bit of a blip, but uh, I think um, t- tonight and then Sunday into this week, uh, two more wins, and I think we'll be back on uh, back going again. And. Uh, you know, other teams have got to play top teams. I mean, the certain teams have been, you know, that are at the top now, and they've played um, six league games, is it? And five of them are the bottom five in the league at the moment. And Manchester United away, and they're bragging they've won all six. But if you look at the league table, they've had a knockout in United here, which is a good win for them. They've had five of the teams at the bottom. They've got Tottenham coming up away now, so somebody's going to drop points there. We could be moving up from fifth to second or third this weekend so quite optimistic at the end of the season we'll be finishing the top three You watch a lot of United's younger teams the 23s the 18s what has been your assessment of the way they've played so far this season is there any players who someone should watch out for who maybe doesn't watch the number of games that you do well uh, Gomez in the uh, he was only 15 uh, about 16 uh, turned during this season I think it was in August or September so he's very young but at the moment we've got an under 23s with a fantastic defence and no forwards and we've got an under 18 with fantastic forwards we've got four or five great forwards and no defence you know so I mean I know there's a big age gap but if you could combine the best of the under 23s defence and the best of the under 18s attack we'd have a cork of a scene you know we've got uh, forwards in the under 18s that know how to score goals whereas we haven't, I don't think we've got one forward in the under 23s I don't know why we don't play uh, you know Schweinsteiger or Memphis you know we allowed overage players and what the midfield could learn from a Schweinsteiger or a Memphis up front or an Ashley Young who's not getting games or you know whoever's fit you know put a couple of them in you know it'd help them I'm sure but I'm not picking it we've put a bit of insight in the late United we stand about Angel Gomez he's 
very, very highly rated. Maybe one reason the 23s don't have a striker is because the coaches had planned it to be Mar Marcus Rashford. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Seriously. Oh, yeah, well, it probably is. They, they, they planned for him to play this season for the 23 well, or 21s. 21s or 23s. He's and, gonna... uh, you know, yeah, unfortunately for them, but fortunately for us. He's, he's, he's to totally agree, and I mean, really, I mean, people say, did you see him much in the in the you know reserves twenty ones? Well, they can say no because it, it didn't back, it yeah. didn't play for the reserves yeah. of the twenty ones straight from the eighteens straight to the um, um, first team really, and he, he only really got his thing in the first team because of circumstances, i.e. injuries, and we'd sent a couple out on loan, and he just got his his thing and took it. Because Van Aal wasn't watching him; he wasn't no, paying no, no. enough attention to the youth setup. Because his priority was the first team, which yes. is understandable as well. And then he had to come to him in emergency. You watch a lot of football. Can you tell us 26 things we didn't know about tonight's opponent, Zoria? I can't even tell you one thing. I don't even know where they're from. Do because I know I'm going to Odessa, which is their third choice ground, because the first choice ground's in the war zone. The second choice ground's not up to UEFA, the one they play in the league. And now we're going to Odessa. And I know nothing about Odessa, except I might know a bit more when I come back in... Uh, and December. I know a bit about it. I, I went to Ukraine a couple of years ago um, and to the very famous port along the Black Sea coast from Odessa, which is so famous that I've forgotten the name of it, and it's actually Dumyedim and uh, Yalta. There was a famous um, Second World War treaty signed there with Stalin and Churchill and Roosevelt. Jesus, people are going to be laughing at me now. <laughs> I've been there, and it's on the Black Sea, and it's a port, and it's very nice, and it's further along from Odessa. But anyway, Odessa's supposed to be very nice. Did you see footage of ultras from Odessa attacking Fenerbahce fans at the first game? I was a little no. bit unnerved at that. No. Trying to set fire to one. So I wouldn't when you go even, there, watch your back. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought, because, I mean, Odessa is a lot... Ultras from Odessa are ultras yes. from Zoya. No, ultras from right? Odessa. Because I was going to say yeah. that they're, 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 the place is miles from yeah, their I other know. place. But I, know. I thought there'd be a load of Ukrainians supporting the Ukrainian team, but there won't be that many supporting their own fans. You know, so, yeah, I'd not even thought about it there, but uh, Fernabachi got some... <laughs> they're a bit buff and all. <laughs> Next two games, it did two war zones pretty well. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've watched Fernabachi in the new ground. I went there in 2009. I went there with United a couple of times as well and um, the atmosphere is brilliant yeah, absolutely yeah. brilliant yeah, yeah. 50,000 seat uh, it's going to be brilliant there so I'm looking forward to that maybe we'll see you over there yep. thanks for joining Until us again okay thank you very much Andy um, join uh, another United fan and United We Stand contributor Tom Lee what have you made of this season mate mixed bag uh, it was always going to be a little bit of a um, a curve and there were bound to be a few bumps in the road um, I think the one thing that we were always scared about is would the young players get the, get the fair crack of the whip and maybe as we're looking through you just see that uh, there's a very much a, the spine of the team is big muscular physical players quite a direct style of football that's no surprise to anybody it's been okay though so far uh, I wouldn't say it's been above or below expectations the derby defeat was a bitter pill to swallow no pun intended but uh, we move on from there, and the Europa League, well, no, no blood spilt there. And, listen, it's, all, it's still all to go, really. I mean, I think if we can get rocking now into, into the month of October, when you look at, for example, Liverpool away, Chelsea away, big games coming up in two cup competitions, and if they can just sit on the coattails of the leaders, ride a bit of a waiting race in behind, even if they sit in, what, fourth, fifth, sixth position, a lot can change between now and then, because for all that City look excellent, and given, given their due, uh, there's a lot can change between now and then. Look at De Bruyne injured, uh, the lads who cut what, what hair I've got left, 
uh, they're City fans and they were saying to me today we desperately want De Bruyne back for the Barcelona game already a bit of panic there he's out for a month well, that's, that's only got to be a positive because he has looked very good. I mean, you look at the way Celtic had them rattled last night. All of a sudden, one early goal, they're all screaming offside. Never mind that, the season will level itself out. You mentioned City and the derby. City are clear favourites to win the league now with the bookmakers. It's an area you know a bit about. The bookmakers are not often wrong, are they? And United are quite long odds at the moment. Sure, but the art of bookmaking is actually to dress something up and make it look attractive when perhaps it isn't. And the bookie always builds in a nice percentage for themselves. And bear in mind, they'd be very happy right now to lay City at 8 to 13. That's bet 13 to win 8. Of course, you get your stake back for anybody pondering how that works. Uh, but the bottom line is really right now, with what, seven months of the season still to run, you've got to say bookies would be absolutely biting your hand off if you're walking in with 130 to win 80. Sound like a professional there. Um, Zoria, the uh, Europa League, do you have much enthusiasm for it? Uh, already my favourite Russian side in the Europa League, courtesy of their £5 away tickets and the executive ticket, should you wish to lash out if you're making the journey, a massive £18. So therefore... Are you going? Uh, you weighed up. Absolutely. Truthfully and honestly, the ambition to go to a new ground high the ambition to have a five pounds away ticket or equivalent in rubles high uh, the sense and sensibility of attending 17 days before christmas a game in a rebel occupied war zone mildly less enthusiastic i think it's fair to say i'm thinking of getting a going from moldova well, I've not told my wife any of this. Professional football journalist and well, well I, I, and, and world-renowned traveller. My excuse is that I'm going for work, but there's an area called Transsinatra. Trans no, not Frank Sinatra. <laughs> to the east of Moldova, where it's um, it's not recognised by any government, and it's sort of rebel-held as well. So maybe I'm not being fair to my daughters if I get kidnapped and. Uh, on the, the Moldova-Ukraine border. Yeah, nonetheless, the, the United We Stand readers expect nothing less than their editor, story, it? their leader, to be there. It'd be a great story. Got kidnapped for a year, writing about it. Absolutely no, no problem. No. Um, no, I think, joking aside, Istanbul looks very attractive, as yeah, you know great well. City. Great city. Uh, went well. I didn't think that the first time I went there and got locked up, but I've been many times since, and I think it's a fantastic city. Well, you just, you've just got to use your head. You can't act up there. If you're in Taksim Square and you're bringing it on top and you're being very sort of drunken and in a massive group, you're going to attract negative attention. Yeah, I, I, I think the actual reality of that situation is, for example, when we were there the last time, um, last time I went to Istanbul with United was 2004, yeah. and we found that even actually inside the Blue Mosque, the yeah. famous Blue Mosque, uh, pe people are actually cruising up to you saying, can I give you a little bit of information? You try and sidle away, they give you a couple of really innocuous facts, and then the hand comes out. And if you decline that unique opportunity to uh, send a few Turkish lira in the bulky fella's direction, all of a sudden the um, few, a few mild to medium <laughs> threats come out, as well as the uh, local hospitality. So all the time you have to have eyes in the back of your head, I think, yeah. Thanks for your time. I'm going to carry on. Meet Stu Edwards. Stu, selling United we stand. Go on and away with United. What have you made of the season so far? Uh, pretty mixed, to state the obvious. Uh, obviously a mix, certainly last two or three weeks with the three defeats on, on, on the bounce. Um, a bit disappointed with the well, well, fringe players, for want of a better phrase, who have had the opportunity, obviously, away at Feyenoord and more recently in Northampton. And I'm pretty sure a lot of those will probably be featuring in the starting eleven tonight as well. So I think they need to, to, to kick on and show a bit more... You know, passion, I suppose, and a bit more determination about 
trying to get into the, into the you know the, the main starting eleven or certainly on the bench. Uh, very interesting, obviously, about you know Wayne spotting the bench last week. Uh, there's a few injuries knocking around, but like I said, overall it's been pretty mixed. No one's no one's really stamped stamped the the, the position down for me. Uh, I know it's very early. You know we're only sort of two months into the season, so I think the next two months are very important. Fergie used to say, didn't he? Uh, you know where you are around Christmas time, and and you know how you, how your team are playing. So it's going to be interesting tonight, especially because I'm pretty sure including myself, many others, and probably most of the players know very little about this team. Thanks for your time. We've got a Ukrainian here. Um, you're a Ukrainian. Um, tell us a bit about Zoria. Latest United we stand Don't know much about him, to be honest. Just um, Are you Ukrainian? My granddad is, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So why is your second name Shaw? It's my mum's side. Side, so right. That's my dad's. Second so, where's your there. grandfather from in Ukraine? Ivan Frankovich is from. Yeah, um, left there from when he was about teenage, though, during the war. He got caught by Nazis. His family got caught by Soviets. Yeah. And then what happened? Well, he's I'm not taking the piss. No, no, this no, is interesting. No, no. no, he didn't. He didn't. Didn't. Um, didn't see them again until 1992. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's so, so after <coughs> getting captured, yeah. he was taken then to Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was on the the western side when the war finished. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't go back until 1992. Yeah. Post Perestroika and Glasnost when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then that's really interesting. It, it was it was dangerous for him to go to the Soviet Union then. After that, so then he. Um... He's not the reason there's a war, is there? No, 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 no. Any, anybody that was on the west side. You know, after the war, there's a car going past there with a very loud exhaust. is obviously very impressive. KGB. But his, his exhaust is so loud. Yeah. Latest yeah. United, we stand two fifty. You know Bert Troutman, the old city goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was captured in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, by the by the partisans, and then he was captured by the Americans on the Western Front. He escaped from both, and then he was captured by the British and he didn't escape from there and he was interned in a concentration camp sorry a prisoner of war camp in yeah, Haydock yeah, yeah. one of the most interesting men I've ever interviewed Bert Troutman even though he was in, it was, it was a blue so you, you, have you been to Ukraine is there a strong link there is a strong link yeah I mean my mum is there a Ukrainian yeah. community in Manchester oh yeah there's a massive one Yeah. tell yeah. me about it I know nothing about it I know well, about the Cypriots I know about the Greeks and things like that they all go Ukrainian clubs and things like that and there's one in Cheetah Mill yeah 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 Have quite a big there? one yeah yeah there's one there's one in uh, Middleton as well um, well it was that's closed down now and what do you do when you go just sing Ukrainian oh, songs oh years ago no. they, they try and teach you the language and that sort of can stuff, you speak it nobody cares no. <laughs> just go outside and play football yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but fair play to him for trying to keep the history going oh yeah it's massive but not yeah. to you for yeah. turning your back on it no there's a church there in Cheetah as well a Ukrainian church so, yeah. can you speak any Ukrainian no no have no. you got any away game no, I'm not, no. I was going, going, going to, but... Uh, and then you saw footage of Fenerbahce fans getting set alight. Just um, the flight time, it's a bastard to get to. It is, it's yeah, very, very hard, I'd, I'd tell I'd go to Gatwick for two in the morning, and I just can't. i go, you know, try and get on another one after Christmas instead. Do you know anything about Zoria Luhansk? Um, I know that, the, do you know the, the place where they're playing the home games at the moment is not where, yeah. the, where they're from? Um, it's, it's a very far east yeah. Ukraine, isn't it? It's in so, Russian-held territory actually, at the moment. Um, People's Republic of Ukraine and some own it, don't they, at the moment? So, yes, yeah, I know they're not from where they are, and it's very war torn where they're from.
Just before I come back and ask you about the Europa League, um, I'm just going to ask uh, Steve Armstrong, just a quick question. You, you're well known to people listening. I'm only going to ask you one... You're, you're, I'm from Austin. I've seen far worse than his granddad. I'm <laughs> only going to ask you one question. You're having a cameo in this podcast, nothing more. Did your passport office really refuse your passport because you looked too angry in your picture? Yes, is the answer to that question, yeah. I've just shown you the picture of it. And I can believe it, but I think the listeners deserve to well, know this. The thing is, so you've gone to get your new passport and you've said, you look too angry, we're not giving you a passport. I've had to, I've had to go for one of them, them fast-track ones because I've got a work gig coming up where I need my passport, so I can't post it off and risk it not turning up. So, so I had the snap thing and, and sat in one of them little boots. And it was one of them, but it says, do not smile. So I tried my hardest not to smile. smile. I did well, didn't I? So, yeah, so anyway, yeah, I'm sat it, there. You look like you're menacing the fucking machine. Yeah, yeah, well. You're going you're to smash the machine. So the woman, the woman said, and the thing is, it, it, I obviously had to get to the passport office in Liverpool, so I've got this woman in a really fine Liverpoolian accent saying uh, words to the effect of, you're not, you're not using that, you're going to have to go and have another one done. So I had to go and... Uh, so I had to go for I had to go for another. But then you get like you get all you get like five goes on this machine, and then you get like a shot of it, and then it says, "Do you want it or not?" And I ended up ended up having to I, I got it right on uh, on picture number five. But yeah, cheeky bastards kicking me out for looking angry. You went you went abroad on it. Um, don't passport don't tell Mike that Tyson story. Do not tell that story. <laughs> you went abroad no, no. on a passport. No. Mike. All right, all right, all right. We're being told we're not allowed to tell this. Just tell us a little bit about Zoria's left back. Um, I'm, I'm quite certain that he's never been thrown out of a passport office for looking angry. <laughs> and finally, um, are you taking the Europa League seriously? I know you're not picking the team and, and responsible for whether the team take it seriously or not, but as a fan, I, I am. I want, I want to win it. At the start of the season, I was, but it was hard watching that um, the first game, weren't it, against Feyenoord? And I expect you didn't have to go to it. I expect a low crowd tonight. Well, yes, United, probably more of the same. Night, right. The other thing, the other problem as well is with selling. It's another three games before Christmas that you got to get out of work early and get well, down yes, to the United, ground for five o'clock. So it's not not really welcome. All right, <laughs> that's a, an answer full of enthusiasm yeah. that we expect yeah. from that's, one of our yeah. regulars. The, I'll leave you to it, lads. I'll see you later on. To you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna do ten minutes after, or shall yeah. I? Yeah. Right, I'm gonna go and try and find an English-speaking Zoria fan who's travelled over here. Okay, no that way. is my aim to do that. So I'm now walking over the Bridgewater Canal. It's a beautiful evening, the, and I've seen some. Ah, oh, there's some Zoria fans walking past. Excuse me, you're Zoria fans? Yes. Uh, you, I'm doing a United We Stand podcast. Okay. And um, have you travelled from Ukraine or you do so live in the UK? Where Ukraine is best in the UK. Okay, could you tell us a little bit about your club, please? Yeah, we well, they're obviously, um, unfortunately, they're in the Wonton region of Ukraine, so yeah. they're playing a lot of the games. They're actually based in Zaporizhia, which is in central Ukraine, playing a lot of the games in Odessa. Um, one of the clubs that's sort of appeared from nowhere in the last what five or six years and done really well. Of they've used the loan system really well. Um, they've got some really quite exciting players. Uh, Karayev and uh, Petrik in midfield are probably the two to watch really. Um, but yeah, they've like they've surprised everybody in Ukraine as well, and everybody's really impressed. And uh, they've just got one of those work hard spirits. Uh, the game against. Uh, Fenerbahce last week was devastating. Really, to concede a goal in the 95th minute, having really deserved to win uh, it was just disappointing but yeah we're not expecting much today um, I think the the game in Ukraine will be a very different challenge for, for United going to um, go to that one yeah it'll be a good one to go yeah. to uh, let's say it'll be an interesting one to see uh, but yeah just one of those clubs that they've done so well out of 
what is a really hard situation, not just for the club, but for the country itself as well. So, so tell, tell us about the Ukrainian community in the UK. I mean, I've been to Ukraine to watch United in Kiev and Donetsk. I've been to Yalta. Yeah, 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 been to uh, and the Crimea, um, and it's a country I've enjoyed visiting. Obviously, it's been in the news for the wrong reasons in in, in, in recent years. Um, is there a big Ukrainian community in in the UK? Yeah, where's it centred? Or so a, a lot of our um, family came over just after the war. So a yeah. lot of our um, family and grandparents, really, uh, in my in my case, uh, parents, my. Um, uh, Parents case really, yeah. yeah. Uh, came over in sort of 45, 46, 47. Yeah. Uh, set up communities in what was the old uh, UK manufacturing hubs of Yorkshire, of Lancashire, of the Midlands, uh, and an element in London as well. Um, so those those hubs sort of continue to this day um, our strongest hubs we've got a really strong community on Cheatham Hill up in Manchester yeah, just been speaking um, to a, a young man over there whose grandfather left in fact he was captured during the war and he moved over and he was talking about the, the church in Cheatham Hill and, yeah, and, and, and yeah that's still, still there so Manchester's one of our, our strong ones now Bradford and London tend to be there the three main ones uh, and we, what we see now is a lot of people moving into the UK now from Ukraine, so a new gen- new wave of generation, uh, new wave, new generation of immigrants, um, and doing more. We, it, when our grandparents came across, it was very manual labour orientated, factories orientated, manufacturing. But now we're seeing a lot of sk- very highly skilled Ukrainians yeah. move across, moving into the big city centres. So Leeds has got Finance, a new wave. Tech. Exactly, yeah, uh, sort of um, we call white collar really yeah. uh, labour coming into the UK. Uh, so yeah, but those three communities are the main ones. Um, we do we do a lot to keep up the culture of Ukraine like, like we, we have concert uh, like Ukrainian we have a lot of Ukrainian artists coming across um, recently we've he's a dancer um, yeah I, don't, I can do Ukrainian dancing we what do what is Ukrainian dancing Ukrainian dancing is all about breaking your knees uh, effectively <laughs> <laughs> so getting down kicking legs um, and, uh, and stuff like that so I'm actually uh, having a cheeky night off tonight from a performance of Fiddle on the Roof which right. features some of the Ukrainian dancing, uh, but yeah, it is knee-breaking work. Uh, but we do, yeah, stuff like that. So we do a lot of cultural stuff, support our culture. We do Ukrainian beer festival in Bradford. Uh, Manchester's really good at getting some Ukrainian bands across, some like modern Ukrainian bands uh, across. And yeah, we keep it going as much as we can. You know, um, did you go to? Did you visit Ukraine? Yeah, I was in Ukraine what just a month ago for for 25 years of independence. So obviously after the break of the Soviet Union, Ukraine announced its independence. So I was there for that. So uh, towards uh, Kiev, the capital. Yeah. Uh, View uh, home of a lot of our ancestors, yeah. um, sort of in that's Western in, Ukraine. In the West, yeah. in the West that's Ukraine. where Shakhtar are playing at the moment. Shakhtar are playing yeah. most of the Champions League games out there. Yeah, um, it's got a nice arena there. And then we went down to the south to the coast of Odessa, uh, which is a resort that you'd find anywhere in sort of developed Europe, as you say, in Spain or Portugal. It's the same, and just beautiful place to be. Dirt cheap, friendly, it's brilliant travel and good beer. <laughs> A lot of uh, people who I know are going to go and travel there in December. They're looking forward to it. They had good experiences last time. What does the political situation mean to people here? Is, is that a source of immense sadness with what's going on there? Sadness and anger. And uh, anger yeah. and frustration. Um, you know, we had a revolution in 2004 that we thought was, you know, actually we all supported that revolution in 2004. Unfortunately, we went back into our old tricks. Uh, as you say in Ukrainian politics, this, the same happened again. Um, obviously, this time in 2014, uh, a lot of Ukrainians have given their lives uh, for the revolution. Uh, on Maidan, so 100 people and more died literally fighting for the cause and changing the, the government at that time. On your what? 
uh, on Maidan, which yeah. is the central square in Kiev. Oh, um, yeah, sorry, so, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been there, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there, yeah, 100 people or more died on that square. And if you go now, there's a lot of memorials just, just off the, the, the square. Um, and, you know, we, we're waiting to see things happen. We're waiting for reform. We're waiting for the reform of the economy. We're waiting for the reform of the judicial system, the political system. And it just seems to be so to, slow. And we're trying to do this whilst we're at war with Russia. That's making life really, really difficult. The fact that, like it or not, we are at war with Russia, and they, they've got troops stationed in in Crimea, but more importantly in eastern Ukraine, in the area where Luhansk basically got troops troops there. They're still killing Ukrainian troops every day. So whilst there's a ceasefire, uh, you look at the Ukrainian news, and every day there are casualties, deaths, um, and. Well over, well over two, two and a half million people have been displaced from eastern Ukraine into central and western Ukraine. So they've moved to Kiev, they've moved to Lviv and, Lviv and Odessa, yeah. So you've got, Northern, you've got a northern English accent, your parents moved... My parents moved to Oldham, right. so I, I, I was born and bred in Oldham, so I'm an Oldham Athletic fan. So Fantastic. <laughs> you speak Ukrainian? I speak Ukrainian. I'm his dad, so yeah? no, uh, I, used to, I used to do Ukrainian dancing, but I'm past it now. <laughs> How many Zoria fans will be here tonight? And have I even pronounced it correctly? You did well there. Yeah, you did well. Yeah. Yeah. We, Zoria Lohansk. Uh, and we're expecting... 150 to 200 tonight. Yeah. Uh, Will any of them come from Ukraine? I think yes. there's a there's a plane we've, full of effectively. We've, we've met a couple yeah. who've come from Ukraine uh, yeah. uh, in front of the main stand tonight. So, and like like if N says, there's there's a uh, they'll come with the with the with the team. Yeah. So they'll they'll have a, 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 a ballot and the club will allocate tickets to to, to fans and they'll come with the club. Can you teach us some Ukrainian? Live. Uh, Twenty thousand people listen to this. So, хочу щоб двадцять тисяч людей мене чули, як я слабо по українську говорю. So I've just said you want twenty thousand people to hear how poor I speak Ukrainian. We'll teach him another an easy one. So, Slava Ukraini, which means glory to Ukraine. So, Slava Ukraini. And the response is Heroin Slava, which is glory to the heroes. Before you go, you've. We've talked about Ukraine, you've talked about Oldham Athletic. I'll tell you a little story. In June, I went to the European Championships. I work as a journalist. Right. I was covering uh, Ukraine against Northern Ireland. Yes, we were there. In, yeah. in Lyon. Yeah, we were there. I took a tram from Lyon Parkview Station to uh, the stadium, yeah. and it was full of Northern Irish and Ukrainian fans. And for some reason, and I don't know the answer to this day, there were a dozen Oldham Athletic fans on there from Oldham. <laughs> singing something like we all live in a blue and white world went on and on, on and on. on and I put it onto Twitter and then the club was like retweeting this <laughs> and these lads then found out that yeah. people were talking about them. Yeah. and you, well, you, you we, might have made the tram journey it's like 35 uh, minutes yeah. I thought this is mental I've now got Ukrainian fans were learning Oldham songs at this point, so yeah. you would have been way, in your element. That's the way it should be, yeah. yeah. But these boys cycled um, from London to Lille. Right, um, to watch Ukraine. To, to watch Ukraine. Yeah. But some fundraising support, uh, in support of the... Uh, so you went casualties. out to the European Championship yes. for yeah. casualties of the war? Yeah. 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 yeah, so we cycled out as, uh, as a charity trip from London to Lille, as said, so the 250 kilometres that was, and then we just spotted Ukraine... Um, not very well, as it turned out. But yeah, we. It was a Ukraine. shame, wasn't it? it was. Yeah, it was a real shame. Like I say, the like the Northern Ireland game that you were obviously at um, was such a disappointment for us because just didn't turn up. And we've got some friends in the camp 
and I think it was just a case of Ukraine underestimated. I went to the Poland uh, game as well. In yeah, Marseille. and that was a real shame. I think, to be fair, it's one of those weird ones that we're already out, so it didn't really matter to us. But we were just so disappointed. And Ukraine travelled in numbers. Ukraine uh-huh. actually, Ukraine always do travel in numbers. Huge and numbers. today, okay, we're only going to see 250 people here um, for what is quite a small club. That's like as I mentioned earlier, come from nothing to this in five years, and this is their first trip to England. But yeah, we do. The Ukrainian national team does travel in numbers. Um, like we've been at Wembley a couple of times where there's been yeah. three or four thousand Ukrainians there. So it was just and a shame. you produce some legendary footballers, haven't you? We are. And and Lobanovsky is one of the greatest coaches in the history of absolutely. football. Yeah, absolutely. We always uh, That's one of the days that we always remember when uh, Lobanovsky's birthday, Lobanovsky's passing, yeah. He was revolutionary, really. Like you, you, you know, we talk about Arsene Wenger changing the, the face of English football, but Lobanovsky changed the world world football and how they how we talked about statistical analysis and stuff. And we talk about Prozone and whatever else being the norm now, but that was Lobanovsky 20 years ago, 30 years ago, doing that. Uh, bit on, what, like, Mac, uh, like, bit, like, yeah, literally on side rules and on paper and graphs and stuff and everybody knew where they were meant to be playing and Manchester United would have played Dynamo Kiev in the final in 99 had Bayern Munich not Yes. Overcome Dynamo Kiev and that great Dynamo side. What a great Dynamo side! Is yeah. it Dynamo? The Dynamo, the, yeah, Dynamo, the great Dynamo side of '98, '99, uh, which led by Shevchenko and Rebrov, obviously. Um, and to be honest, that one, that one, always, we always remember that team. Um, it's second Dynamo, a good what 15 years yeah. to get back to a level that was even close to that. Like it was the first time they qualified for the second round uh, last year uh, in 15 years. And yeah, it's just a real shame to see what happened to Dynamo. Um, and that '99, that Bayern game was a game that should have won it should have been United versus Dynamo in the final and for me as a Ukrainian and a Man United fan at, at heart would have been a real difficult one to watch so I'm walking into the ground now I expected to have to look around for ages to try and find a, a, a Zoria fan yeah you have to open it wait that okay long, so. I'm just having my bag checked there we go yeah that's okay that's okay. right cheers cheers and that is my bag being checked because security at Old Trafford is very, very tight now. And um, I bumped straight into that group of, of fans and I found it really interesting. And I, I love that about going to football is the people you, you can meet like that. They're a really nice, interesting group of people. And I hope you enjoyed them being on the podcast. So I'm going to go into the ground now. Um, prediction, I think United are going to win. But as you may gather, I'm usually optimistic going into games. And then, you know, De Bruyne takes United apart. And we'll join you after the match. United We Stand is sponsored by BetOnBrazil.com. It's a new betting site for all sports punters with great odds, markets and offers. Listeners to this podcast can now get a free £10 when they deposit £10 just by using the promo code UNITED10. Just visit BetOnBrazil.com and enter the promo code UNITED10 when you deposit your £10 and you'll get £10 free. Sign up now at BetOnBrazil.com. BetOnBrazil.com is for over 18s only. Betting should be fun, so please gamble responsibly. Well, come out the ground, United won 1-0. It was a, a disappointing night, even though it was a third victory for Manchester United in the space of a week following three consecutive defeats. Uh, it was quite flat. Um, there's some young kids inside the ground who thankfully been given tickets and they were making plenty of noise, but it was still quite flat. The atmosphere was flat, the game was flat. And it took a goal from Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the 69th minute after Wayne Rooney had come on to get the three points, which are needed if Manchester United are going to qualify from this Europa League group following the first game defeat away at Feyenoord. Um, but United need to play much better. And there's a real sense, I feel, that this is a new team coming together with a new manager. And you can look across at City and say, 
they're coming together far more quickly and United are not. But this is how it is for Manchester United at the moment. There are positives for individual performances and, and there are negatives as well. The form of some players, it disappoints. We're going to come to the lads um, outside the ground in a minute. They're going to have their opinions uh, talking about it. But the three points is probably the most important thing. And the next games um, are more difficult. I think Fenerbahce comes in between away games at Liverpool and uh, Chelsea. So it's a tough competition, but United have got the squad big enough to compete for it. I don't see any excuses there. I think United should try and win it as well. I'm not into playing the competition down, running it down. It's the only European competition United have not won and it offers a direct route into the Champions League. Should Manchester United not finish in the top four? We all seem to think they will, but we fought the same last season and the season before. It doesn't always go to plan. Anyway, here's the lads after the game. It's post-match after the Europa League game, United won, Zoya Lahansk, nil. Um, it's got to be right up there with um, that Roma game, hasn't it, that? Roma 8-1? That was 7-1, yeah. It's got to be up there. Yeah, sorry, 7-1. It? Um, it's close, yeah. I can't wait to get on and watch the highlights. Um, so, let's make this a quick podcast, because I'd love to talk about it for about an hour. But I need to get home. Well, and, it will uh, be. It will be quick get, because Andy, get the tissues Andy, out. It will be quick because Andy's used at least half of the uh, half of the airtime talking to some. Uh, I some, think he knew. Some overseas. Yeah, he knew it was coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, you'll probably detect from uh, the tone of us, and also if you did happen to be unfortunate enough to actually watch it, that that was a pretty dire effort um, from United. Um, does nothing to enhance the current mood around the club and the current issues around players and staff and all that kind of stuff. But we'll uh, we'll do our best to uh, to to drag something out of it. Uh, United ended up winning it with a goal from Ibrahimovic. Um, Rooney will probably claim that that assist was uh, was meant uh, and that he should be immediately put back into the squad um, as a result of that one. So, um, uh, and I'm going to come to you. Um, pick the bones out of that. Um, bit disappointed with um, the team selection. Um, this is one thing I've said over the last three years is where I miss Ferguson the most. It's you know it it bring in all all his um, second string for a game like that. And he'd win it quite comfortably. I'm a bit worried that we're going to have players a bit cold like Schneiderlin who we're going to end up relying on. Had no game time. Damian's just been completely banished. Ash Ashley's not even getting a game. I know, he, you just said you're worried about Schneiderlin. No, I mean he's. At some point, I'm worried at, still at the end of the day, we've got a big blonde haired tree, haven't we, holding the midfield? So I think I'd rather that than Carrick or Schneiderlin when, when Edin Hazard plays against us in a few weeks. So I certainly don't want Fellaini chasing after him again. So I just think we're not, we're not using our squad. And it's times like this where you think of Ferguson and you get a contribution out of every single player. And we just seem to. You sort of like know the team before you turn up, don't you? Doves, that team was more than good enough to slam them out of sight. Oh, he comfortably should have done. I mean, let's face it, in the end, that, that was a rain shower away from knocking Cluj off number one spot in the top <laughs> the of European glory night at Old Trafford. I, I, I agree with Ant in, in a sense, and it, it's pretty clear that there's a lot of players there who, who are not playing at full pelt when it comes to um, this competition. It should be used to give players on the verge of the first team um, a chance to sort of knock at the door uh, for me. And uh, the, the only problem that with, with the, the way the competition is at the minute, playing at 80% should still get you through that group. But the moment we come up against a half-decent Spanish side who take the competition quite seriously, they're, they're going to absolutely dick us, to be honest. But, um, I don't know, three points and all that, but that's about the best you can get from it. Thoughts, Aaron? 
It's nights like that when you wonder whether we should even be asked for this composition altogether, and that's not a slap to our statement. It's just, you know, really, is there any point if, if that's what it's going to be like? You know, nights like tonight, we should just be um, steamrolling teams in the first 20 minutes and just make it a bit easier for yourself instead of huffing and puffing away. And I think that was our first effort on target tonight when Ibrahimovic nodded that in, and it's, it's not good enough, is it? Stupid. You were in the ground, obviously, you got in and like for the first time this season or first time in ages, we actually were there for the start of it, weren't we? Yeah, I'm just fucking pissed off with them all. There's no excuse. Like we've said, we're not going to pick on one player, but the obvious one to pick on is Pogba just because he's worth 90 million. But he had a shocking game, but so did everyone else. And they all want fucking dragging into training at seven o'clock tomorrow morning for me because it's just, that's just shit. That is totally shit against a team who probably fucking have never won a game fucking against anybody near the stature of our club and it's just embarrassing at what, at what point can I start to liken Pogba signing to the one of Neil Webb what, at what point will you give me permission to do that probably against Stoke on Sunday Stoke on Sunday right, right. he's not being played in the right position is he and that's, that's you've, got, you've got to question yourself there tonight he's basically put out his, his strongest side hasn't he you know give or take a few players and are they really motivated they should be motivated of course they but should be but they? the crowd's not motivated no. you know it's full of kids you know, which no, is great no, for the kids, no isn't it? Away fans, but, 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 but ads as well. It was like an, it was like a practice match. There'll be there'll be a bigger there'll be a bigger atmosphere. You've cut game here. You know, it was it was just dead, weren't it? And it just makes you wonder whether there's any point in that competition at all. There was a couple of players there tonight though, just absolutely baffled me how they didn't get against that. Players like Ashley Young, Michael Carrick, who, who you know, and for, for, yeah, I, mean, I still said I still said before, pound for pound, Fellaini for me is the worst player in the history of the football club. <laughs> And today did, did nothing to change my opinion on that. He was absolutely dreadful again today. And um, we should have a, you know, when we have an, one of these international breaks and we've got nothing to talk about, what we'll do, we'll go to the boozer and we'll pick the worst all-time United eleven just to see where Well, there's one of them. I thought um, Pogba's not... I'm a bit worried about how United are using Pogba, said it on Saturday. Um, basically playing him to chase their <coughs> midfielders rather than giving him something behind him like Herrera and Carrick and then letting him letting him you know, bomb forward yeah so that's where he does the damage isn't it mm. yeah I mean you mentioned the crowd thing I mean all, I think all of these things do build up to the I just cannot be arsed type of yeah. mentality which you know and look, we can all go on about the professionalism aspect and all but Ant's point that, about what Ferguson did was he knew that the crowd were going to be like that so he put players into that side in League Cup games and low level European Cup Ultimate, games yeah. yeah that were just we didn't care about that we were going to just Play for the shirt type of thing, and, and maybe, maybe you know, maybe I've got a point there. You may as well play, played three or four of the under twenty one lads tonight. Who would have fucking ran around trying to prove a point? Think you know, trying to show the manager that, that you know we're here, when, and hopefully we will break through in the next twelve months. You might as well have. I don't, I don't get. Like Dove's just mentioned that the, the two would be Ashley Young starting, or even over Rojo at left back, Carrick starting. What benefit do we get from playing Fellaini in that game? It's just none, is it? That's exactly, that, exactly yeah. the point there. We know what he can do or can't do. We, we've seen him play 90% of the games this season. I, don't, I just have no understanding why do, he was in the team. Do you, reckon, do you reckon getting turned over in Rotterdam changed the dynamic of what he had to play in 100% because he had to win the game tonight. Um, he, he, had to t- he had to take the three points, yeah, without a doubt. I agree with you there. That's if he wants to progress. And judging off that team, team selection tonight, he obviously does want to progress yeah, and he but, wants to go very far in it. But... You know, it's going to be detrimental to us after Christmas that when it comes to the business end because 
we'll just come up against an half decent side in maybe the last 16 quarterfinals. We're not up for it again. Yeah, and, and yeah, and Seville will go on to win it. Again. The thing is as well, I mean. It, you mentioned earlier in the season that when the games come thick and fast you then start to give squad players more and more games and you look at the other competitions I mean the, the League Cup the next game's at home to City you don't imagine he's going to be playing a week inside for, for a game like that he's not going to want to lose that so you start thinking to yourself when are these players going to start actually getting getting a couple of games yeah I'd love, I, I would have liked to have seen Depay, Young Schneiderlin Damian all of those, all of those. Those yeah. type of players on the pitch. All yeah. the shit that got yeah. beat in Feyenoord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another point. Why didn't you just trop the same side out and say, right, go and fucking go and get your go and get your pride in respect back? Yeah. Um, obviously, we've we've had a, a proper wind. Um, can you pick any positives out of there? Is, is there anybody you, you thought? Do you know what? Yeah, he did have a decent decent attempt at a decent game. Fucking hell. No, come back to me. Do it on purpose. Yeah. It's just the pace of the game doesn't allow anyone to have a decent game, does it? it like I say, it was like a practice match. You could turn up at Carrington tomorrow and watch him, and you could probably pick a better performance out because it was just that slow and pedestrian. It was almost like we were expecting to win without creating any chances. It was, it was weird. I thought I thought Ibrahimovic was all right. I thought he was he, sometimes in the wrong area of the pitch. He led the line, got the winner. I thought Baye at the back was solid enough. But other than that, it's hard to find a player who was more than a five, six out of ten. It was just one of those sort of games. Yeah, it was pretty dire, wasn't it? Anyone stick out for you, man? No, nobody. <laughs> yeah, no me, no me either. Yeah. Um, anyone get what it, the crowd was? Um, I didn't hear them announce it, which usually means they're going to fudge it. I think it was late 60. 50, 60,000 I reckon maybe. Yeah. Like. What do you reckon? Sixty, I reckon. 60. Yeah. Yeah, about 50, yeah, they had about yeah. 24, didn't they? Yeah. I counted them. I was that board 42 well, it was. Well, <laughs> and they were louder than the singing section. Well, <laughs> well the, weird, the weird thing is, right, I, I was looking at the, the normal away end thinking, fucking fair play to them, they bought a free. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then they all started... And they all had yellow yeah, on. Yeah, they all, <laughs> <laughs> then they all, start, they all started blowing them fucking horns that all them kids had. That was, I mean, forgetting the performance and everything else, that was the worst thing about tonight, them kids. I mean, I'm all for kids. <laughs> I'm all for kids being in the ground, right? but there. them fucking air horns, them air horns are just... You can even call with a half-time countdown, just not them air horns. <laughs> <laughs> they did, didn't they, as well? Yeah, no, there was a half-time <laughs> half countdown in air horns. Um, fucking grim, yeah. <laughs> so it's a great £21 spent yeah, tonight. Fucking hell. I, bet the, I bet the shops are clean out of skittles tonight, aren't they? Yeah, fucking little bastards. Um, Let's have a quick two more. Would um, obviously Stoke, which is another midday after the Thursday night game. Uh, quick two minutes on Stoke. What are you expecting? A, 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 obviously the likes of Herrera and Blind will be back in, won't they? I do. I, I think we'll beat them comfortably. Yeah, I've I've watched Stoke mm. a couple of times this season, and I think um, the on, the only create creativity they have is mm. Shakiri, and he's injured in it, so I, I I really don't see him troubling us. Yeah, they're obviously struggling a little bit, Stoke. Are they bottom of the league at the minute? I think. They just they seem to have lost their identity a bit, Stoke, don't they? Of what you've been yeah, used to over yeah. the last couple of years, and suddenly they've got a few nice little footballers on the, in the pitch, but we lost that ability to sort of sort of win ugly. But they, they, I hate these sort of games, or when when the stats all point in the direction of United, and it yeah. just stinks. Seems of like a Stoke's first win of the season yeah, kind of thing. It, but it does build up to a bit of yeah. that, does it? Aaron, what you expecting sort of similar team that beat Leicester? Uh, yeah, I'm expecting a similar team and, and, and I want a, a dissimilar performance to tonight. I think uh, on your own games against sides like Stoke, you just need to be 
rattling Atten, don't you, from the first from the first minute and yeah. get a goal in the first 15, 20 minutes and then they've got to come out because the longer it builds up, the more difficult it gets and mm. the way we're playing at the minute, we're not, there's not really much interplay, is there? And it's, uh, it, it, it's looking like, yeah, I've lost my fucking way here. Stu, <laughs> last word to Stu, uh, United should bury Stoke at the weekend, shouldn't they? Should be in the operative word, but... Uh, Noon kickoff and all that always spanners it a bit. I've, it? I'm got, I've got fucking reservations about it. If I'm being honest, if we play like we did first 40 minutes, whatever against Leicester, then it shouldn't be a problem. But probably fucking end up one each or something. Yeah. Oh, well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well. Probably season will. all over again, this, isn't it? Yeah. Bring it started to end back that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen. Right, we and, phone now? Yeah, we're going to go now. Andy's got loads. Andy. Andy, and, Andy interviewed <laughs> loads of people, so uh, we and we've we've just had enough and we can't be bothered doing anymore. And plus, I'm up early because I want to get down to the shop and buy a Telegraph immediately to read what Mike Hughes has been up to. <laughs> fucking blue bastard. Uh, right, lads. I can't even see. Where, <laughs> I can't even see where you all are because the lights have gone out in our studio. So I'm just going to say thanks for coming on and sparing us some uh, some time post match. Um, yeah, indeed. We'll be back on the podcast after the game uh, against Stoke on Sunday. But till then, cheers.